Flex and Frooms. Flex and Frooms. This is the Flex and Frooms Catch Up Podcast. You're with Flex and Frooms and... Not the mouth sounds. <laughs> what mouth sounds? We both swallowed saliva at the same time. Mm. It was gross. Yeah. Ew. Yuck. Sometimes I listen back to our podcast. As you know, I'm an avid listener. I don't think you want to, like, call out any quirks we have because you're going to make... No. Every- you're going to ruin everyone's listening experience. No, like, yeah. I'm not going to. I'm just saying maybe in some earlier episodes I wasn't taking the advice of the overlords and I was eating chocolate within breaks mm. and the mouth was going glug glug. <laughs> so glug glug 3000. Okay? <laughs> so any listeners that have stood the test of time and listening front to back, thanks, fam. It's been a pleasure. Flex and Frooms on Cater. Flexi. There is obviously a difference between the generations. Current generations alive include Gen Z, millennials, Gen X, boomers. Is there anyone above boomers? What about the COVID babies? Oh, and baby C's. Is it called Gen Gen C? What's Gen Alpha? I think that's from ages ago. Oh, when did they start bringing in these generational? I don't know, but I don't, I don't, I don't like it. Yeah. Well, Brookie, our producer, has sent me this video to play. It is about generational differences with rudeness. So I find the generational difference between what's considered rude and what's considered polite very fascinating because for boomers, it's impolite to put your elbows on the dinner table, whereas if you're Gen Z or even a millennial, it's considered rude not to say, go piss girl when someone's going to the bathroom. I mean, did that give what I thought it was going to give? I thought it was going to be a bit more (laughs) (laughs) in-depth. What do you think is, like, for example, I still think it's, I think it's rude to not open the door for anybody, but in a past life with a gen before boomers, I think... Let's call them old people. No. people. Well, you're confusing me. (laughs) You know what a boomer is? So you're saying gen... Before, what's before a boomer? Gen Boom Boom. Is that older than a boomer or younger than a boomer? Boomy and the Boom Dog. Yeah, old, older. The generation Just before. Just say older people. <laughs> old, elderly. Because it's a fact. The elderly community. Mm. It would have been rude like to not open a door for a woman, whereas now I think it's rude to not open a door for anybody. Correct. So there's a change there. And then the elbows on the table, I still think it's – when I'm with polite company, like if I'm going to meet a partner's parents – the elbows are not on the table. Yeah. Like, I like that phrase, behavior. polite company. And it's interesting, though, because I feel like people would argue that, you know, it, it's like it's a grey area what's considered rude because we have like different social norms. But it's like in the right and a, I'm saying right broadly, but in certain environments, you know what will fly. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, like right now I'm trying to um, hold my hand. You're threading with, your fingers with your toes. You know, because that's the kind of environment that Flex has created. Listen, <laughs> I say politeness should be more encouraged in this crazy, crazy world. People are definitely too comfortable when speaking from personal experience. I'm happy to bear that cross for who I've decided to become as a young lady. I think there should be more politeness, but I think in this instance, like rudeness is more commonplace and I don't think they are equal and opposites. So for example, like I think people do pretty well with being polite, especially in Australia. I don't think that like I'm concerned that when I walk into a store, I go into an establishment that that I'm going to interact with an impolite person. If anything, people are extra paranoid about being polite in common spaces to the point where it's like, okay, relax, like lay off a little bit but I think rudeness is a thing that has been like exponentially amplified in a way that we don't know what to do with that information like when somebody is rude to you 
I would have thought that like back in the days, you'd be like, oh, don't you know that's inappropriate? Don't you know you can't speak to your elders that way? Don't you know you can't speak to your teacher that way? Don't you know you can't whatever? And now it's like a free for all. That's interesting. And that I think is really odd because, you know, and it's like not just culturally like being from Ghana, but just like I remember in, in primary school or in high school, you had to be mindful of how you spoke to your teachers and only the really naughty kids spoke back. It was like, damn, like you would really speak back to a teacher? <laughs> Whoa, like that is next level. And now, you know, you hear horror stories from teachers being like, I get threatened every day by students. There's nothing I can do about it. Yeah, they've all got phones to record you. Oh, <laughs> you know, I feel like they can push teachers because they know that teachers can't like hit them or abuse them or they lose their job. Well, that's it. And I also think there's this conversation about morality that comes up a lot. And I don't know if it has anything to do with like, um, like not the lack of religion, but just like the lack of influence on religion and this idea that we live in quite like secular environments where people kind of just like do what they want. Yeah, create their own rules. Create their own rules, which is good, but also in the same vein, it's like, what is the norm you fall back on? Because if there's no consequence for rudeness, then there's also no motivation for politeness either. Because you kind of get to this neutral point where it's like, I can be polite all I want, but it doesn't beget politeness. And I could be rude all I want and it doesn't beget rudeness. I just get to operate in the way that I want to. And I think what's really tricky is that like we're coming out of this era of this hyper individualism. And I think we're going to- Are we over- coming out of it? I think we are in some respects. I think that like we're reaching or we're becoming really aware of the consequence of this hyper individualism. People are way more lonely than they are before. Socially isolated, depressed, without their community groups, unable to- you know, like people are dying and like not being uncovered. People are going missing at higher rates. And it's like, everyone's like, oh, whatever, this is another one gone. And I think what's going to happen is that at one point, people thought it was like a government responsibility. Like you need to make us feel like a community. Like you need to put in measures. So like we look after each other. And then people are going to realize that like on a day to day, you really got to like back yourself. And I think we're going to move into this like collectivism where everyone's like, no, I am really am part of this community. I'm part of this body. And for that reason, how I behave impacts my other people. I got to hold my own a little bit better. I've got to be like the role model and I've got a model behavior that I expect from people around me or at least I've got to encourage behavior that I want to see because as weird as it is for someone to call you out as weird as it is for someone to be rude to you it's even weirder to have someone call out rudeness don't you think if I was like that yeah. was really impolite for me be like whoa, whoa like damn like I didn't hurts. I didn't really know but I think that's almost what's required in some ways like we've got we've like dusted our hands off this like mutual community responsibility it's like whatever like she's a freak but like I don't really know her it's like well like that's your co-worker or like oh he he's he always says that stuff but like he's my my friend's boyfriend it's like well he's part of your community babe so I just I just feel like we are channeling all of our rudeness online so we get our little fix of being fucking rude and then we can go and pretend to be polite in real life I think we're getting our pent-up anger out into the, the the metaverse, if you will. Yeah, but I also think people are pretending to be rude online as well. I think it was like oh. a social currency. I don't think people want to be as salacious and as vicious as they are. I think it's just like they're following the mold. That's so true. Humor has gone to be really rude and like all these different things have like been encouraged and amplified and like rewarded. You Nobody gets extra, nobody gets top comments by being sweet. Yeah, true. You get top comments by being a feral cow. Oh, my God. But it's going to change soon. I hope so. I'm ready for the new wave. New wave. Flex and frooms. I don't know about you, but I think it's quite common to have dreams about your partner cheating on you. I think it's in the same realm as your teeth falling out. Isn't that common? 
I think it's pretty common, yeah. Is it? You <laughs> your face should do this. I've never seen I... your face do that before. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> when I was in a relationship, I was the one cheating in my dreams. <gasps> Look, Brookie. <laughs> we Brookie, love that one. Brookie gets him. So. I stand by Brookie. Like, I would say the biggest liability of the trio is Brookie, followed by Froomey and then me. But oh, I stand wish. by Brookie. <laughs> I'm going to follow her to the end. <laughs> I didn't know it was that common. See, like, as we know, before I went to psychotherapy when I was like 28, 27. I'm happy to share the age. (laughs) When I was 28. How old are you now? 28. But like, I'm at the end of 28. Anyway, I used to have nightmares every time I would sleep. Right. And so I was like, oh, that's really normal. Turns out it's not normal. So, but the themes of my dream were always so like abstract, like the apocalypse, not like I didn't have regular dreams like, oh, I'm going to the grocery store my partner's cheating on me that would be terrifying like the normal ones that make you confused about your regular life i never thought the apocalypse was coming when i dreamed that bondi beach was flooding (laughs) oh yeah i had tsunami (laughs) dreams for a long time this is all about dreams about your partner cheating which can be upsetting according to WikiHow. but (laughs) WikiHow has some explanations (laughs) number one your partner might not be giving you enough attention and it's very easy for them to get wrapped up in work and other commitments and not notice that I haven't spent enough time with you, but being open with your partner about how you feel is really important. Number be two. Be needy. Be needy. You feel jealous of someone, so maybe they've got a work crush, you know. It's not the craziest thing in the world for your partner to create on you, cheat on you. To create on you? What is that? <laughs> My crops on you. To on you. <laughs> Number three, you're unsure about the future of your relationship. No, a work wife. Is that what I said? You said like a work crush. No, a work wife. Okay. Yeah, work wife. You want your partner to get along with someone? That could be why. You're trying to think about how your partner will fit into your social life and dreaming that your partner cheated on you with someone important to you might be your brain's silly way of processing the hope that they'll get along. This has happened before. My friend was telling me she had a dream about me cheating on her boyfriend. I think that's a warning. And she said, not in this economy. <laughs> your friend's economy. doing storytelling so you don't get any ideas. <laughs> it did feel a bit like that, but um, <laughs> that's what, you know, I think there's a reason. So you should investigate the reason. Don't always take your dreams seriously. As I've been saying the last few weeks, I've been writing down my dreams since the start of the year. It's now three months in and the note is very long and they don't mean anything. But they definitely help me find some separation between the waking hours and the sleeping hours. I will say what could be a potentially very exciting but manipulative thing to do is to tell these people about the dreams that you're having and see if they react. So let's say I told you through me that I found out. No, I didn't find out. But I had a dream that you were um, sleeping with my crush. Watching your response could be either really validating or telling. You know, like if you were like, oh, my God, which one? Show me a picture. No, I don't want to show you a picture. Mm. You hag. <laughs> Stay away. <laughs> Repent, repent. <laughs> Kata. Flex and frames. Flex and frames. Am I the asshole for not giving my boss my first class seat? That is the question we're answering today on Flex and Frooms. Listen to this. Yesterday, my boss and I were flying home from a conference. We were on the same flight, but our original seats were not next to each other. I'm a frequent traveler on this airline and use their credit card, so I often get free upgrades to first class. I got upgraded on this flight. My boss didn't. After the flight, when we were collecting our bags, she said she wanted to talk to me about my lack of respect for protocol. She thinks that because the company paid for my original ticket and she is more senior than me, I should have given her the first class seat. I think this is absolutely insane. While the company paid for my seat, it's my own personal credit card spending and frequent travel that earned me the upgraded seat. Is this some sort of corporate standard I'm not aware of? Am I the asshole here? When I read that, I said, hold on a second. This is why we need to bring back the etiquette thing I was talking about. 
Because, yeah, in some cultures, it would be seen as appropriate to, like, respect the authority or the quote-unquote superior in the situation. But it's far more complex. Why? Because we live in a lawless society. It's definitely an insane scenario, I would say. You've been out there racking up debt, quite potentially, to get these special privileges on the plane. They're encroaching on your civil liberty. It's as simple as that. Yeah. And either your boss doesn't understand how you copped the upgrade and it's kind of like, oh, like mm-hmm. it was just like a like um, a randomised thing where it just happened to be on your seat, but it could have been anyone on the booking. I can understand that kind of mishap where it's like, okay, one person on this booking gets a first class seat, give it to your boss. That makes sense. But in this instance that you've earned the upgrade, it's yours to keep. And I will say that's the issue with having blurred lines in the workplace. Everybody needs to be comfortable here. La, 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 la. Now look what happens. When I used to work in PR in an office, I remember when I had my performance review, I got pulled up on not going to work outings. And if you know me mm. and you know Flexi, Flexi doesn't like forced socialising. If I've got a finite amount of hours to give in a week, I want to make sure I'm doing what I want to do and hang out with people that I have to be with by default is not that. Like I want to choose to like, you know, socialise. But during this meeting, my boss was like, rapport is really, really important and people want to feel connected to you. And a way that you can do that or accelerate that is by engaging in these like after work, out of work activities. And then I was like, but if you're creating an environment that is naturally fun to be in and you as a boss are focused on company culture at work, we don't have to do all these extracurriculars to make up what the role is lacking you know what i'm saying it's the like not going to give you a promotion but we will be going to holy moly pipeline i would think oh you should give it to them in case you want a promotion but nobody Mm. likes to kiss ass so just take the flight enjoy the lobster enjoy the champagne enjoy the emirates lounge but just know, like, you just got to say, I've been out here popping my booty yeah. trying to get these flights, trying just to get Just back yourself. And, like, I would say take the, go by the, take the approach of, like, oh, didn't you know? You know, like, oh, like, you didn't know I had points. Like, like as opposed to being like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I wish I, no, no. Like, it's quite clear what's happened here. Lack of protocol and respect. Don't do it, sis. Let's not make it that kind of conversation. You want to fly? You want to fly business? You know what to do. Come you on. know what to do. Come on, mommy. Please, please. <laughs> You've been listening to the Flex and Froome's daily podcast. For more, tune in to Cater on DAB or stream it on iHeartRadio.